0: Let's keep it tight, let's keep it tight, we got a lot to get through. Um, This is No One Likes the Tune Podcast, the world's premier dedicated Fast and Furious podcast. My name is Nick Nocera. I'm here with my co-host and wonderful best friend,
1: Daryl Wong.
0: (laughs) Gotta pick it up, gotta pick it up. We just watched the Fast and Furious from 2001. We gotta get through a lot of content today because we are recording two episodes of stuff today. We both watched the Fast and Furious Numero uno from 2001, directed by Rob Cohen, starring Vin Diesel. And we also watch Resident Evil: The Final Chapter. Uh, and uh, we're going to be posting that episode on our patreon, patreon.com/no one likes the tuna podcast. So if you want to listen, throw us a buck. It is w- available in any tier. get on it. But right now, we're talking about Fast and Furious. We just started cycle 17. Wow. <laughs> this is the wow. 17th time we've watched this movie, dude. How's it feel? Insane.
1: I mean, it feels good. It always yeah, feels good it feels to come fine. back. I, I, it's yeah. like, uh, yeah, it feels better than, um, you know, like going to a doctor's appointment on an annual basis. It feels better than that, I think. Right,
0: right. I think it's like, yeah, I'm like so numb to it at this point. Like I know mm-hmm. all the beats, you know. I know all the Johnny Tran shit, and then the house party stuff, and the picnic, and the and the Jesse with the MIT bullshit, and then the mm-hmm. fucking breeze with the shrimp. I know the shrimp beat in, in this movie, uh, uh-huh. and. uh Race wars and fucking like the highway chase and the fucking Jesse dies and then Johnny Tran chase and then the final drag race and then it's over. That's the movie. Uh huh. Yeah. I just laid it out for you.
1: Um, so for the final, so that final chase there. Yeah. Who wins that race?
0: Dom, right? He's ahead, <laughs> right? I think Don pulls it. It's tight. It's tight. Because isn't there a thing later on where, like, Brian's never beat him in a race? Mm-hmm. Like, isn't that sort of a – it's not quite a gag, but it's like a thing that they come back to? Or it no, am I crazy?
1: It certainly is a thing that they come back to, but I looked yeah. at some of the frames, and depending oh, on
0: frame, what – that's the kind <laughs> of analysis you can expect here <laughs> on Donald a bucket. Frame-by-frame frame analysis. Hit it. <laughs> It really is.
1: depends. Really depends what angle you're looking at. But if you're sitting in the train, mm-hmm. it sort of looks like the Supra crosses that line maybe four to six inches in front of the Charger.
0: Ooh. that's tight.
1: Mm-hmm. That's and tight. I think, I think, I think if Brian wins that race in yeah. the Supra, well, he he obviously tries super hard. He has to yeah. nos twice in order to get to the finish line. Yeah, he does. Yeah, Dom also has some sort of mechanical issue in, whatever, second gear that causes some sort of crazy backfire. He's able to recover from that, but...
0: Our not-friend-of-the-pod, Craig Lieberman, was talking about that race the last, either last week or the week before, and mm-hmm. I watched, unfortunately, five minutes of his YouTube. I can't resist! Because <laughs> these things, you know, the algorithm, uh-huh. YouTube, pops up with these things, like, oh, you are obviously interested in the Fast and furious this is like a guy who's talking about it here's like 50 minutes on this fucking race and it pops up and i'm like oh fast and furious oh fuck it's craig laborman yeah right? that's yeah. how i feel about it anyway he was I mean, saying the dodge the charger would smoke the other car the supra uh-huh just based on engine size like it's just it's ludicrous uh-huh that but at close. this
1: at the same time the charger has not been driven before and that's true for all you real street that's racers true. out there it's hard to sort of it's hard to get that thing tuned up first time on the road you know and I don't know, we man. know <laughs> <laughs> i don't know
0: i'm not buying that i'm not buying that because i'm not buying that because like one dom is like the expert super genius racer two mm-hmm. They're driving in a fucking straight line. Uh I feel like I could drive it that fast. You know?
1: Only if your car was in working condition, which this has not been proven to be in working condition. In fact, it has not been proven to be in any condition because nobody ever drives a charger. It just gets worked on and it sits (sighs) in the garage. Which, whether it's sitting in the garage or on the street or somewhere else, generally not good for cars.
0: Weird that it's gassed up.
1: Mhm.
0: Right? Like he's it's, mm-hmm. it's ready to go when he's he pulls it out of the garage. It's full of gasoline. Mhm. I don't think you should keep are you supposed if like if you've got cars in deep storage. It's like to me it's like eighth of a tank max you want hmm. in there, you know? Just as a fire safety thing.
1: Mhm.
0: You know what I'm saying? I don't know. I've never sto- I've never
1: restored a car like that before. But when we...
0: Yeah, sorry, go ahead.
1: We know the we know for sure that the Supra is in racing shape, right? It was tested not right. days before race wars. He prepped it for race wars, he was at race wars. That right. thing is ready to run. Right.
0: Yeah, and that thing's tuned up to like the 18th n- n- caliber, right? It's mm-hmm. like every little knob that can be twisted in that engine is twisted to perfection for race wars. Mm-hmm. The when we do cars on sets indoors quarter tank max. Mm -hmm. We don't we don't bring them inside without with gasoline in the car, basically. Mm -hmm. So um Vin being in and around the car world, especially like the racing world with his dad. I feel like you would know some shit about like storing a car with a gasoline in the tank. I don't know if it's good for the car, basically. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. When you ship a car, I had to get a quote for shipping a car earlier this year. I didn't have to, but I did it. Mm-hmm. They empty the tank before they put it on the boat. You know? That makes sense. That makes sense. It totally makes sense.
1: Well, yeah. I bring it up because I think if if Brian wins that race by even a, you know quarter inch i think it changes the tone of the relationship between brian and dom because if brian wins that race and uh, this that race is is memorable only because dom crashes at the end right and that's how we remember it but yeah brian actually crosses the line in uh slightly ahead then changes the relationship a little bit
0: yeah a little it does a little bit it does a little bit if Brian wins the race, do you think he would? So, do you think if Brian loses, you're saying Brian won. Like in the story of the movie, Brian wins that race.
1: I think Brian might have won that race.
0: All right. So, if Brian loses, do you think he gives him the car? Or he's like, oh, I'm nuts. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I think Brian gives him the car either way. Because it's about the, res- the the respect is actually the respect is not even just that race the respect has already been earned both ways yeah. before yeah. that race
0: yeah sure um I read this interesting article this week on Vin himself mm-hmm. and his decision to participate in this feature film, which the article I don't remember who wrote it. I was trying to sort of find out how universal came around to making these movies, which I haven't really found out, but I'm going to do some more research and how Neil Moritz came to be the guy for universal to do these movies and make them Mm -hmm. into what they are. And they kept with them through all the bullshit, basically like too fast and Tokyo drift and stuff like that. But this article that I found talked about how Vin didn't really want to do this picture. Number one, I knew we know he didn't want to do two and obviously did not do two, but he didn't want to do this picture in a way because he was, like, pretty... This is what the article contends. Vin was, like, pretty unsure about, like, getting really famous. Hmm. And I think he saw that this was sort of going to be a big thing. It was like, I don't know that... It was like Rob Cohen who had directed... We don't really talk about this pod for various <laughs> reasons. But Rob Cohen, who had directed some, like, big fucking movies, you know, like, in the 80s. Um, I just got a fucking notification to turn my refrigerator back on. Because I turned it off for recording an hour ago when we... I thought we were recording, but I fucking thought. Nice. Anyway. Like, he did Dragonheart, which was a blockbuster. He did Skulls right before this. Like, he directed some, like, Hollywood fucking movies, right? And a bunch of TV. And, like, this is like a cult, subculture movie. It's got a built-in fan base. I just feel like Vin thought it was going to be big, basically. And the article contends, like, "Eh, he didn't really want to be famous. Which I'm like, what? Is that fucking true? Because everything he's done since then has been like, yeah, I'm famous. <laughs> like, yeah. I like it. Dude just released a solo, a song, a single.
1: No, he Guess?
0: didn't. Dude, oh my it, God. Have you listened what to bu- it?
1: What music genre are we talking about at this point?
0: It's pop. Yo. P-O-P. Okay, can we listen to a little bit of it on the pod? Please, please. Okay. That's Mark Sinclair singing this fucking song. I can
1: barely, I can, I only hear pieces of it. It sounds like a like country folk pop.
0: That is exactly what it is. Mm -hmm. That is fucking exactly what it is. Dude's hmm. like the Mason Dick, whatever, what's that nineties something line or whatever? What's, it? what's the name of that band? Do you know that band? Dixie the, Chicks? No, not the Dixie Chicks. Who aren't the Dixie Chicks anymore, Daryl. They're the Chicks. Really? Yeah, changed it. Oh, my bad. Yeah, George Floyd. Huh. Uh, So, dude's like faming it up all over the place. I think, I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I think he wanted to be famous. He'd done a bunch of stuff before this. You know, he did that multifacial thing. He did a movie called... What's his, like, little movie he directed? It's, like, Solos or something. Or, like, Shapeshifter. <laughs> it's called something like that. <laughs> um, I don't remember. And he did Saving Private Ryan, for, in which he has a very big role.
1: Do we know if he was the first choice as the lead for this movie?
0: Oh, my guess is my guess is yes. Really? Yeah. Nice. Because, okay, so Saving Private Ryan, he has like a chunky supporting role. He plays the, he voices the Iron Giant, a precursor Mm -hmm. to his Groot roots. He's in the boil he is the star of the Boiler Room, a bad movie that got like a lot of broy attention with Giovanni Rabisi in it. Uh have you seen Boiler Room? Have we seen Boiler Room? Did we watch it in an in-betweener?
1: Hmm. I don't remember.
0: Yeah. I, I don't remember. It's directed by Ben Younger, who also directed um Prime, which is a really bad movie that I really like a lot. It's mm-hmm. ch- super charming. Uh, mm-hmm. It's got Uma Thurman in it. She's like dating a younger guy who's the son of her therapist. Anyway, go watch it. Um, so he was the star of that movie. And then he was um, in Pitch Black mm-hmm. right before. Uh, so his career was on the up mm-hmm. for sure. Like his star was rising. And so I think... Like, Universal's like, okay, we want to make a mid-budget picture, this, like, car thing is interesting, we've got a pretty good script for it, like, who's the guy that is available, is going to be a big movie star, and is affordable? Mm-hmm. And Vin, Vin's the guy for that. I mean, he was, like, sort of the perfect moment for him in that regard. Mm. So
1: triple yeah. X came after Fast and the Furious, pretty yes. sure. The year in the grand after. scheme of things, yeah. I think like as I was growing up, I always thought that Triple X came before Fast and the Furious, and maybe mm-hmm. just the time that I was exposed to it. So, to me, it would have made sense if that was the yeah, if that was real life where oh, like he got a lesser role as Triple X, did a great job playing the great Xander Cage, and then yeah. became dominic Toretto, but i don't know i like when thinking about sort of the trajectory of this movie and the original screenplay for it i just i don't think Vin diesel was popular he didn't have enough behind him yet to like but he was cheap the one <laughs> but he yeah. was cheap daryl this is right. the
0: part you forget he was cheap <laughs> huh.
1: they could get uh-huh. the
0: man on the cheap you know and they wanted to make money with this movie Mm -hmm. They didn't want to cast superstars. I don't know why, but they wanted to cast young guys who were on the up, who were were not expensive. Mm -hmm. And Rob Cohen, I can't imagine, was super expensive either, to be honest with you. Mm -hmm. So, um, I don't know what the production budget of this movie is. Do you? No? No. How have we gotten this 17 fucking times? And not know what the production budget of Fast and Furious One is. You got a dog rocking in the background.
1: Uh-huh. Uh-huh.
0: Thirty-eight million. So again, mid-tier movie, right? Mm-hmm. Mid-range mm-hmm. budget. This is not a hundred million dollar blowout. Even in two thousand one, it's not like an eighty or ninety million dollar blowout, and it's not a five million dollar indie picture. It's mm-hmm. thirty-eight million dollars. They were going to spend some money, but they were going to. Do it on the cheap, basically. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I just think he was the guy that they wanted. Because Pitch Black, which we haven't seen, but we are going to watch for our Patreon subscribers once this mm-hmm. Resident Evil shit wraps up. Um, I mean, he, he busted out in that role, too. He does it, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know? So, I don't know. What else you got for this watch, though?
1: Uh so speaking of Rob Cohen movies. Mm. Um in the scene where Brian and Mia are doing dishes, the rest of the gang crew is uh in the living room watching a movie. Yeah. I always thought the it, what you see is kind of a silhouette of a like samurai dude. I always, I always thought, thought it was kung fu, yeah. Yeah, I I thought it was a Ninja Turtles movie. Oh. It's not. Uh, it is Dragon, the Bruce Lee story, 1993, directed by Rob Cohen. No
0: fucking way. Okay, first of all, I've seen this movie. Uh-huh. It was, like, made for TV. I'm pr- uh-huh. pretty sure. Um, I think I, it's either made for TV or went to TV syndication very quickly. Because I saw it on like VH1 maybe when I was like 12. Does that make sense? As a cultural context of that.
1: I think that's about the right
0: era. That's like the right viewing experience for, 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 for that movie. Like just commercials every 10 minutes, you know, that kind of thing. I didn't know it was directed by Rob Cohen. Um, why would he fucking do that?
1: So he did it and I forgot what it's called. I uh, a friend of the podcast, Sandy Sue, was recently talking about like filming. There's like a name for it. Like filming stuff that you see on screen that is not the main thing. So filming stuff that shows up on television or shows up on a phone on screen. Mm-hmm. That is okay. not the actual thing. There's a specific name for it. But it seemed like a licensing thing. So, hey, Playback? Like,
0: maybe... Um. Yeah, that might be it. A... I forgot what it was. I'll yeah. have
1: to consult the expert. But yeah, it's it seemed like it must have just been a uh, licensing thing. Just like, hey, if we're going to play something on the screen. We might as well play something we already have the rights to. Right for a short That's period fair. of time.
0: It was it a Universal produced movie?
1: I'm not sure. Maybe yeah. I just yeah. The thing that stood out to me was that it was a uh, Rob Cohen directed.
0: Rob Cohen directed. Fucking wild, man. <laughs> Maybe we should watch that movie. We'll would... throw it in between her pile.
1: Mm-hmm. I'm down. I mean, I, I watched kung fu movies as a kid, but I mostly watched Jackie Chan stuff. I think yeah. the
0: comedic aspect to it. He was the man for our moment. Right, right. Right. But... Like... And not, I... he, he, Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Uh, yeah, I would
1: like to do and I, if it was part of the podcast I would give you a good reason to do that, but to do some Bruce Lee um yeah, we should just archive. watch
0: Enter the Dragon. Instead of Dragon, the Bruce Lee story, we should watch Enter the Dragon, which is a, yeah. a good movie. Right. Um I've never really been I've never really been a big kung fu guy and I've never watched a lot of Bruce Lee stuff. I mean, I've seen the Biggie uh Enter the Dragon and the other one like the sequel or whatever mm-hmm. um but i've never delved into the kung fu red like Sonichiba chiba and like all the kung fu guys basically mm-hmm. and jackie was like i watched jackie but i really have never seen jackie's like earlier chinese films
1: so some of those are really good
0: yeah are they
1: who who am i is one of the best ones. is the best Oh,
0: who am I? At
1: least in my family was always one of the best ones. He plays like a rally car racer dude who is rallying across like that seems I don't know. right
0: up our rally.
1: Yeah, yeah. Ah. He's like, yeah. <laughs> huh? He's driving across the car or something, gets stranded, has to climb up a coconut tree in the desert, falls off, knocks his head, gets amnesia. And then is involved in some sort of I don't know criminal plot, but doesn't have any memory. Sounds and bad. has to, do, and he has to do all this. He's yeah, he does all the interaction with the environment and all the uh, entertainment kung fu stuff. Amazing, all the yeah. stunts, so good. So
0: I yeah, I never seen any of those. I've seen Rush Hour. I've seen Rush Hour two.
1: Old stuff is great,
0: and I've seen Shanghai Noon, which yeah. I had a real sweet spot for when I was a young <laughs> lad, you know? Same, same, same. I really liked it. Yeah. <laughs> I really, really liked it. Um, yeah, it'd be interesting to go watch that one, too. Mm-hmm. Anyway, you wanna do you want to do shout out we got to get through this. You wanna do you want to do shout-outs? Okay, yeah. Um, on the pod, we have a segment called shout-outs, and we give endorsements to products and services and people in our lives that we like. Daryl, would you like to start us off on shout-outs this week?
1: Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Uh, this week, I'd like to give a shout-out to a very versatile ingredient that you may or may not keep in your refrigerator regularly. Mm-hmm. This is the mushroom. So normally you have... Yeah. Right? Well, like you, yeah, At your grocery store, you have like your standard... You have your white ones, you have your... Your brown ones and your pizza maybe, ones, maybe you yeah, know, the pizza ones, maybe a portobello you have available at your grocery store, but yeah, um last week or so, Jess like got some sort
0: of like large platter of
1: mushroom varieties, and they've was, been
0: was this from a market of some sort, like a co-op
1: It' was from like a we've been trying to we've been using a like a restaurant supply delivery thing. So, Mm -hmm. restaurant or, yeah, uh, I don't know, like, grocery supply that was intended to deliver to open restaurants. They don't have as much to send out anymore, so they've pivoted their business to -to direct-to-consumer. Cool. Yeah. So, we've been doing some of that, and we ended up with a little, like, a half-flat here of uh, mushroom varieties. Yeah. I probably should know more of the names, but just all kinds of shapes and sizes. Don't crack your tooth on them, Daryl. Yeah, that's the whole thing, too, is, like, you can't really bust your tooth on a mushroom. No, but. they're
0: perfect for that. Yeah. They're perfect but. for, like, tooth <laughs> pre- preservation.
1: Exactly. Mm-hmm. But they're great to work with. You can saute them. We've been roasting them. You can put them in almost everything, and they, uh, yeah, I have a tendency to just put meat in basically everything that I eat. Yeah, But it's too. been great. Yeah, it's been great to sort of use the mushroom as, like, whenever I would throw a bacon or, like, a pork or beef product in my breakfast, lunch, or dinner, it's been great to substitute in a... uh, A little hearty mushroom. Yeah, hearty mushroom. It has, like, a very, not similar, but a, you know, close-ish texture and, like, interesting flavor. It's able to absorb whatever else, whatever you're making. So uh, I want to give a shout out to mushroom varieties. If it's not something you're already cooking with regularly, it's a nice addition to your pantry.
0: We used to go scavenging for morals, Mm -hmm. which are a type of mushroom or a type of fungi Mm -hmm. uh, that grow in the Northeast U.S. and they're like very sponge-like. They're very dense, but also have like sort of sponge-like texture to them and you like Mm. chop them up and put them in stuff fry them up they're delicious one time our my preschool teacher pat mcdonough Mm. she gave she used to do it a lot and she gave me and my mom a basket of morals to like cook with and we like tried one or two and we like didn't like them and so we threw them out when i was a little kid and then that lady died and then i felt really bad to this day about it Shouldn't her fucking morals, man? Anyway, uh, shout out to mushrooms. <laughs> you know, shout out to mushrooms. I want to shout out. Well, it, can I do my mixed movie review instead of shout outs this week? Sure, because I sure, did go yeah. see another movie this week at the. Movie okay.
1: Theater. Yeah, how did that I'm go? on a
0: roll. It went pretty bad. It went pretty bad. <laughs> I saw a really pretty terrible feature this week called Uh Broken Hearts Gallery, which I want to say right off the bat, okay, it's about a lady who makes a museum of like items left over from relationships, right? Simple. Simple premise. I understand. And it like becomes a thing on Instagram. And then like she is happy in the end. Great. Simple premise. Fine. I'm not like against the conceit of this movie. Two things I want to say about it. One, it is the the movie's an hour 45 and it is just fucking it's it's 25 minutes too long. It is mm-hmm. I this is a disease a plague you know, destroying our cinema uh today is that movies well, too fucking long. Just cut them down. Just cut them down. There's like entire fucking storylines that like and I, I think this movie suffers a little bit from being a first-time director. Mm. I don't know. I don't remember the woman's name who directed it. I'll have to look it up again. Um, but she wrote the script, too. It's not really her being a first-time director. She wrote the first-time script writer. And I just felt like she cared a lot about this script that she wrote. Mm. And wanted to keep everything in it. And wanted to film everything and then, like, cut the film with everything. Like, every, she felt like every piece was important. When I'm sitting there being like, this is not important. Hour, 20, one minute and 20, one hour and 20 minutes go by. And they start, they have this scene where the main girl is, like, sitting on some steps and, like, looking at her phone, waiting for somebody who doesn't show up. And the music, the, like, this person's not showing up, music is playing. Uh And I'm like, why are you starting this conflict? It is late (laughs) in this movie. This is not the time for new conflict in this movie at fucking Uh all, guys. Uh Like, we gotta wrap it up. So that's definitely one thing. Um, The other thing that I really had a hard time with... Like, all the performances are fine. And it's shot fine. And the music is fine. Like, everything's very on the fine level. But um, the... There's this very confusing thing. The movie is called the Broken Hearts Gallery. And in the movie, several times, they always refer to it as the Broken Heart Gallery. Mm. And that is confusing as shit. Okay? It's like, get it together, everybody. Either call the movie one thing or call the gallery the other thing. But, like, let's not split it up like that. Okay? It's really fucking confusing. Um, It's a rom-com. The like the main boy is, I don't even know how to put, Darcer something from Stranger Things. He plays like one of the evil guys in Stranger Things. Okay, um, sort of the beautiful boy in Stranger Things who's like kind of mean. Um, and then the main woman is a comedian whom I'm not sure about. Um, the okay, so the other last thing I want to say about this movie is. Every, I don't know what the fucking casting director was. Everybody in this movie is fucking short as shit. Like, they're tiny people. The main guy is like, gotta be 5'6". Geraldine Viswanathan who is the main lady is God, is even shorter. All her friends are fucking short. Philippa Sue, who's notably famous for being in the Broadway musical Hamilton is fucking short. She uh-huh. plays a lesbian who's like kind of misogynistic which like ha ha we're kind of over that thing too. You know what I mean? Like I know we're over misogyny as a funny thing but now we're also kind of over like lesbian misogynist. It's fine. <laughs> Whatever. Uh, and then and then Utkar Ambedkar, who full disclosure I've met in real life is a dude. He's in like Pitch Perfect In, like, a couple other movies. He's a... I'm taller than Utkarsh, right? Like... Mm -hmm. And I'm not, like, a super tall guy. Right? He looks like a fucking basketball player next to everybody else. Like, he he, he towers over everybody. I'm like, what are you guys doing? Why are all these fucking short people in this movie? It's crazy. Uh Um... Yeah, but the movie was not good. It's way too fucking long. There's like not many jokes <laughs> that land. And I'm uh, I i was not into it basically. Yeah, three
1: yeah. three <laughs> thumbs down for that one.
0: Three thumbs down. There's too many montages that are like yada we're getting things done. Ba-da-ba. You know, it's too much of that. Right. Um. So Natalie Krinsky is the director's name. So
1: uh-huh. oh,
0: and Bernadette Peters shows up, and you're like. Gives this performance that is insane. It's okay. I can't, don't go see it, but like, just know it's crazy. <laughs> yeah, it's a crazy movie. So, that's my shout out, anti-shout out this week. I couldn't think of a product. That's it for me.
1: That's fine. I, I, I accept the anti-shout out here. It seems to fall flat in all three area. all three key areas. It's hard to make It's hard to, um create the sort of like arc of a movie such that it hits extremely late and have the audience continue oh to be satisfied. God. Oh my right? God. Yeah. I can't think of anything that has a slow come up and then a quick resolution that actually feels satisfying, especially There's if those, it goes over I that minute, matter, that 90 like, minute.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Especially if 90 fucking minutes. This movie should be 90 fucking minutes. Exactly. 90 fucking minutes. It's, it's like
1: if somebody put a two-hour meeting on your Zoom calendar, you'd be pissed. I'll be, <laughs> you'd be ripped.
0: Pissed. Shit. One time I had to do like a company, we like had a bad quarter. I had to do a company-wide five-hour like morning b- session where we there were breakouts. Have you ever done a meeting with like breakouts?
1: I have not. I hear Jess and her company <laughs> do breakout sessions. I'm just like, that's not <laughs> Horrible. <laughs> Fucking horrible!
0: <laughs> Fucking horrible, dude. I I mean, this, I, there's like a, I cannot stand corporate shit <laughs> at all. I tolerate it way less than I know a lot of people who actually there's a lot of people who like it, kind of. Yeah, you know, they get
1: fired up. They get they get motivated. They get, they get charged fired up for those
0: breakouts. You no, know? oh. I'm not one. I'm not one no. of them. So I like I, I'm definitely more sensitive to that, but like. Don't do that to your employees. Just let Uh them do work. You know what I mean? Just please fucking let them do work. Mm. It's not helping. Whatever you think is going to help. If you're a boss, whatever you think is going to help, it's not going to. Do the opposite of that thing, (laughs) and it'll help. Yeah. I promise you. I promise you. Leave me the fuck alone. Let me get my fucking work done. Uh, Let me go uh, home. Okay? Because this five-hour breakout, what it's going to do is make it so that I can't go home till fucking 7, 30, 8 o'clock because I got to stay here and get the fucking rest of my shit done.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Anyway. Do you have anything else about the Fast and the Furious 1 you want to talk about?
1: Basically, no.
0: Okay. If you want to tweet at us, it's <laughs> at Podcast on Twitter, N-O-L-T-T. Uh, you can find us on Instagram. No one likes to tune a podcast at, uh, on, on Instagram. Send us an email, no one likes to tune podcast at gmail.com. Rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. Please throw us a review. We got a great review this week. I don't have it pulled up on my phone, which I would plan to do on um uh on this pod, but you know, didn't fucking happen. So uh <laughs> read it next week maybe. Uh anyway, um Yeah, or all the other you know the shit. Patreon, whatever, just do it. Gross fuck. I don't give a shit. Don't listen to this. I'm done with this fucking podcast. I hate this shit. I hate pitching the shit at the end of the fucking episode. I hate it. I hate it. Just do whatever you want. Actually do whatever you want. You know this stuff. Just do it. Google us. All right? All right.
1: We love it. That's been the best best social media pitch so far in all of 17 seasons.
0: (laughs) Appreciate it, buddy. (laughs) Talk to you next week. (laughs) Later. (laughs)